We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we are back again, covering the latest fantasy basketball news, breaking down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact, and to give you our early season power forward power rankings. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer in the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at TheFantasyHoopsInsider.com. Benicio, how was your weekend, sir? 
not too bad. Had a pretty good weekend in uh, DFS for NFL and NBA, so I can't be upset about that. Um, kind of a little bit worried tonight about how much exposure people have to uh, Odell Beckham, which could change a lot of things in the currently winning standings over there. Yeah. I uh, had a good weekend. I won my matchup for this week for um, my NBA uh, head-to-head league, so I'm pretty happy about that. And uh, nobody on my team is on the injury list, knock on wood. So hopefully I can uh, keep that going and, you know, not have to go scouring the waiver wires to see who I can pick up. All right, fair enough. Um, had a so-so week in, in uh, DFS, a little too much exposure to Alan Robinson and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but regardless of that, I did have the Russell Wilson to uh, Doug Baldwin hookup in season long, which got me a round one playoff win. So I'll take that. I'll be happy about that. And sitting there in first place in my head's head league and uh, three points out of first in the in my 14-team roto. So overall, looking pretty good. Um, would it quickly get your take on a trade that I'd made early last week for season-long NBA in our um, 12-team head-to-head league. Um, it was sh- straight up Serge Ibaka. I, I acquire Serge Ibaka for Pau Gasol. Nine categories. The ninth category is assist to turnover. Oof. I got to be honest, man. Pau's playing really, really well right now. Yes. Uh, and Ibaka really hasn't been so you you know you probably sold at the apex on Pau and you probably got Ibaka closer to his his uh his floor which is usually what you want to do in a trade but when you make the trade we want to think about you know how is it going to go for the rest of the season right. so here's the way I would kind of say it to you I mean I think I got to be honest I think I w- I would have liked to have had Pau mm-hmm. but I think that um you know the Powell's situation is tough because they got so many big guys that they're rotating in Chicago right now. And Powell has been playing a lot of minutes lately. I don't know if it's sustainable that he keeps that up for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Whereas Abaka probably gives you more in the, you know, the, the fringe categories. Like he's going to get you more blocks most of the time than Powell will. Mm-hmm. Probably get you more steals. More um, more, definitely more threes. And I know, I mean, you know, you know how much I hate my big guy standing in the corner and shooting threes. It's it's like a pet peeve of mine. But if those are categories that you that you need, I can I yeah, I could I could see the reason why you did it there. Um, again, you know, you could always make up. Like to me, points is the easiest thing to make up. You can always find points. You can go pick up somebody who's you know scoring fifteen a, a, a night. Yeah, yeah, you know, you could always get points. So if you needed the other stats in a this is this is a roto league, I assume. Yes. Uh, no, head to head. And I had the head league? Okay. I mean, e- either way, if you needed those stats, if you've been, you know, losing the blocks and losing the, you know, the three pointers and stuff like that, you know, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides on that trade. So, you know, again, you, you're, when you do a trade, you don't always, you know, wind up with the best of everything. The idea is to improve your team. So right. if that's the stuff that you needed, you know, I could see why you made the trade, and then, and then it makes more sense to me. Well, let me just say, I'm trying to win 6-3 to three in most of these categories, so I don't care too much if I lose in, like, field goal percentage. Um, sometimes I'm going to lose in rebounds, but uh, I had Pau Gasol and Pachulia uh, matched up with Gobert, so I was winning rebounds some of the time anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I lost Gobert, who was, like, what I try to do is, like, I'm pretty much set up to win 6-3, to three, and with Gobert... Or in the lineup, like if he just goes ham in some of these games on blocks, I'll win seven to two most times. Yeah, you know. Now so, this, oh. this is actually a, a pretty good point to bring up for people that are playing in, 
you know, whether it's head to head or even in a, in a, in a kind of roto league, Mm -hmm. when you trade, you want to make trades from your strength Mm -hmm. to improve your weaknesses. That's the idea here. It's not always about, well, I got the better end or he got the better end. Mm -hmm. It's about improving your team. So there are sometimes, you know, when you do make a trade, if you're winning your rebounding category by double and triple digit rebounds every week, then you're obviously too heavy. Not that you're too heavy in that category, but you can afford to give up a little something in that area. So whatever area that is, like if you have five or six point guards on your team, or if you have a couple small forwards or power forwards that rack up a lot of assists and you're winning assists by, you know, large margins every week, it'll make sense for you to make a trade to get rid of something that, you know, I'm not going to say you don't need because you always want every fantasy stat you can get, but if you're heavy in assists, and you're low in rebounds, you know, especially in a head-to-head league like this and like a weekly basis, right. you know, the idea is to win as many categories as you can. You don't get any bonus points for winning assists by 30 assists in a week. True. You know, you get bonus points by winning the most different categories. So if you have a team that, say, is weak in block shots, it might make sense for you to make a trade where you're trading somebody who's a high-assist guy in order to get somebody who's a high-blocks guy or a high-rebounds guy in another position – you know, those are the kind of things that you got to think about. You know, people always get caught up on, well, I got the better end of the trade or he got the better end of the trade. But the best trades, in my opinion, that are made in leagues are ones where both guys get what they need. If I'm heavy in blocks and you're heavy in assists and I trade you one of my guys who, you know, can get you an extra four or five blocks in a week and you trade me one of your guys who can get me an extra seven to eight assists in a week, yeah, one player might be ranked higher than the other player, but... Overall, if both of our teams are improved, then that's a good trade. That's something that you got to look for. So don't get so caught up on, well, he's getting a better end or I'm getting a better end or I'm going to need him to throw something in there. If you're improving your team, that's the idea of making a trade. If you're trading from your strengths to improve your weaknesses, that's really what you want to do when you're you know, playing in one of these kind of leagues. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So this is the the, the way that I look at this. It's like um, – I want to. I had. I felt like I was in a pretty good spot with scoring and rebounding where I was was trading from. And like you said too, I'm fine losing a trade if it helps my team. You know, and that's the other thing too is like you can win a trade and actually make your team worse. By the way, if you subtracted mm-hmm. something that uh, was like necessary for your team to continue to beat, like made your you like average in a category down to you know the bottom four or something like that so something else to keep in mind so I'm, I'm glad you brought up those points all right let's go ahead and dive into the box scores before we do that really quickly I want to remind you that the rotowire dfs podcast is available on itunes and stitcher so don't forget to subscribe review rate us and share with your friends let us know that you enjoy the show we definitely appreciate that all right first box score on tap here benny oh you know before the box score i should really just run down the, the news really quick there are some um important points to note uh as far as injuries and updates go uh, along the way. So let's go ahead and start with Emmanuel Moutier here. Could be facing an extended uh, absence here uh, with, a, with an ankle sprain, similar to the one he said had in, in China. So he expects to be out a couple weeks. Jimmy Nelson is your top ad for, for the time being there. So look for something like a, about a two- to four-week timetable there. Darren Williams now expected to play, upgraded from the illness, missed the last game where uh, Raymond Hilton went ham, played 30-plus minutes, and came off with a triple-double. So um, no more Darren Williams – I'm sorry, no more Jameer Nelson fun for you guys uh, unless um, Chandler Parsons ends up sitting out of this matchup again. So something else to keep in mind. Jaron Williams looks like he's safe for, for weekly leagues. Timothy Moskov said his knee is starting to feel better. Um, this is a surgically repaired knee, right knee. 
that he's been uh, having some issues with and been playing limited minutes. So look for his um, sort of production to potentially pick up here in the next couple of days. Uh, newsflash from the New York Post while this is breaking news. Brandon Jennings available via trade. <laughs> Couldn't you have figured that? The mo- Jennings. Yeah, the moment they signed Reggie Jackson, I think he was available via trade, except that he had tore his Achilles, so he had no mm-hmm. trade value. So thanks for the breaking news, New York Post. We appreciate yeah. that. Now, is he, is he back on the court? Because, I mean, he hasn't played in so long. I don't even remember the last time I've seen him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he hasn't made his season debut yet, but he's been okay. getting closer. So th- there, there you have that. But, I mean... Yeah, take that for what it's worth. How much salary they're willing to eat is the real question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas still has pain in his finger. He's halfway through the timetable, three to six weeks. So it looks like it's closer to be the full six than rather the four to six. Kristaps Porzingis has admitted he hit the rookie wall. Looks like he needs some rest. Played 19 minutes, did not score. This is the third straight game where he's really struggled here. There might be some buy low opportunity. You buy low, or are you worried about Porzingis? I mean, I don't think you can actually buy low on him right now. I think that. The fact that, you know, you and a lot of other people refer to him as poor Zingod means that most people are... <laughs> I just like not, saying I, I, I don't care. I know, I, I, I was going to say, but still, like, even that fact, though, there are there are certain guys that, you know, have that kind of aura that their production outweighs the way people think about them, uh-huh. and you're going to have to overpay for that guy still in a trade. I mean, if somebody's willing to give, up, give him to you for cheap like if you can get him for a you know spare part on your team by all means i would make that trade but if somebody wants me to give them you know a, a Derek favors for perzingis or you know somebody who you know i just value so much higher like i don't think that he's reached the superstar status yet so if i have to give up like a guy who I picked up in like the second or third round in order to get him on my team, I'm not doing it. If I'm picking up, you know, if I can trade him for somebody who I consider expendable or a spare part, I mean, the guy can get you blocks. He can score some points for you. And he's a rookie. Like, that's what people need to understand. What is he, 19 years old, 20 years old? You know, rookies have up and downs. That's what they do. You know, if they were consistent and they were putting up 30 and 15 each game, they wouldn't be... uh you know, he wouldn't have fell to the, what they get him, the fourth pick or something like that. He would have been number one overall if he was, you know, that amazing. So I like his upside. I like what he can do. But you got to realize with rookies, you know, even with a guy like Towns who's kind of struggling a little bit right now, you know, these guys are going to have those games where they go out and look like, wow, this guy's got the potential to be one of the best players at this position. And they're also going to have those games where you're like, why the hell did I waste a draft pick on this guy? So, you know, that's part of the part of the thing with rookies in any sport. So you just got to kind of deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. So for for me, um, I don't think people who own him right now probably aren't panicking yet. But, um, you know, a couple more bad games, it might be time to check in on the price tag to see if you could take advantage. That's all I'm just going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Jeff Green scores a season-high 26. Looks like they're going to start stretch-fouring him uh, over for, for Memphis. Uh, Zach Randolph ends up uh, coming off the bench here and, and goes for 12.6 rebounds. Matt Barnes uh, also played uh, pretty well getting uh, heavy minutes. Looks like teams are starting to try to replicate the Golden State Warriors um, formula there where you play like an athletic four who really is sort of undersized for four. But the difference is, is Draymond Green is should have been Defensive Player of the Year last year. I mean, and Jeff Green's a good defender, but I don't think he's really somebody who's cut out to defend fours. So, yeah. but you, now, people are copying the blueprint. Don't you agree here? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, because this has been something that I've kind of been 
wondering about lately, especially with Memphis. Um, do you think that they're just doing this against teams that also do this in order to match up better? Because, I mean, let's face it, like, you know, if you have a Draymond Green or a, you know, Paul George at the four, you can't start Zebo and expect him to guard those kind of guys. Yeah. So do you think it's it's a yes? I do. Uh, basically, is, I was going to say, is it like a chicken or the egg argument where because everybody's doing it, teams have to adjust, or is it you know kind of like because I mean to me, Zebo's still a very productive player. He is. You know, if you get him in the post, he can still be a twenty and ten guy. I know he's a little banged up and hasn't really been playing as well, but I mean, just look back to last year. Like this was a guy that you know. That that combo with him and Gasol was, you know, one of the best four or five combos in the league on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. You were getting production out of both of those guys, and they were shutting down, you know, guys on the other team. So I know that Memphis is going a little more towards this. I and this is actually something I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, when we got to that game today. But like, you know, I I mean, I assume that. It'll probably they're late to the party on matchup. Yeah, they're you know. they're late to the party in my mind. They were they thought they they could play like as good a defense as anybody in the league and continue to match up this way. But the reality of it is is you can't beat teams on the upper echelon, especially the uh, Golden State Warriors putting Zebo on the floor with Marcus Hole. You can't, okay, because um, they you know Zebo's not going to be able to step out every time on on Draymond Green. If he does, and he gets beat off the dribble. You know, he's just a more athletic guy, so you have to put a you have a better you do have a better chance putting Jeff Green up against him, uh, along with like Tony Allen and Matt Barnes on the floor. So yeah, it's it's took them about time. And the uh, the Kings are another team that's been doing this too. Like some nights they'll start when well at least when Collie Stein was active, uh, they would start Collie Stein along with Cousins, and they pull they pull Collie Stein and start uh, Omri Caspi along with Rudy Gay at the four. And mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense because you have a lot more athletic lineup that um, can stretch the floor more and shoot more threes. So they're a little now they're just now coming to the realization that this is what needs to be done so um yeah i think that it's going to be a matchup play and yeah i think it's they're going to see it actually makes more sense because they can run the floor and be a little more offensive which is never something that's memphis's forte it's always been their weakness is not enough scoring Uh, yeah you know so now so now if we take this a step further right now if you have zebo and season long is now the time to try to get rid of them before it gets worse because if this is the case you got to think that it's going to hurt his production for the rest of the season going forward. Yeah, I would. You know, you might need to seriously consider that too, because yeah, Zebo is like the perfect guy who would actually be like the five on this roster, you know. But because they already have a much better five in Marcus Soul, he's just going to have to like. There will be times where they can match up with like bigger bigs, you know, and and play two guys who have like a like a a big long front line. So it won't happen every time. There'll be times where they'll probably still need to see. Start Zebo, but maybe you just need to for like watch out for the next time where he has a good game and then try to move him because I think the minutes are going to be shifting in the wrong direction. You you, you might not like what you're going to get for the rest of the season out of him. Yeah, so I, I would agree with that. I think. All right, um, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the rest of the news here. Bump bada bump. Um, yeah, just nice job. I just closed that tab. Uh, <laughs> Tyson Chandler. Um, it looks like he is going to be for the. Uh, foreseeable future playing off the bench behind uh, Alex Len and John uh, Lure because he's been uh, highly productive or they've been highly productive. So people who th- maybe time to drop Tyson Chandler too. I don't think you're going to like what you're going to get at 20 minutes because you weren't terribly crazy about what you got out of 30 plus minutes. So if you want to bench dash him, fine. He probably still has value for rebounds and blocks, but not a guy I'm going to be excited for, uh, for the most part for the rest of the season. So that could be a potential issue. Um, some late breaking news here. Kyrie Irving projected to start uh, targeting December twentieth 
for his debut. So that means like he'll be back on the floor for the Christmas game against the Warriors. That should be pretty interesting. And then oh, nice. uh, Nerlens Noel uh, was uh, put in the hospital for a corneal abrasion, took a vicious elbow. Uh, and was not able to fly Monday to the game, so he's if he uh, he didn't fly with the team. It's iffy to see if he's going to make tonight's game. Last, those are the rest of the uh, updates and news. And we're going to go ahead and head into the first box score of night. Four games on tap on Sunday. We're going to go ahead and start with a Minnesota Phoenix game here. Benny, your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean the big thing that I noticed here, and it was something that we kind of touched on in the beginning of the show too, is. Carl Anthony Towns seems to be just losing minutes to Georgie uh, Dang right now, left and right. I mean, at first I thought it was just like they're trying to get Dang some more minutes. Mm -hmm. But now it almost kind of seems like at at best you're getting a split. And, I mean, I don't want to say now's the time to sell on Towns because the last time I was just about at that point, because I actually have Towns on on a team or two that I have, you know, he went out and had like a 20 and 20 game and I was like, all right, well, that's why I got this guy on my team now. Right. But it seems like more and more you're looking at the box scores and you're seeing that, you know, Dang is playing more minutes than Towns is. So that's the big thing that pops out to me right away. The other thing that pops out to me right away is if you look at this roster and the way that they played this game, it almost seems like they're going, you know, I don't, this game wasn't a blowout, right? Wasn't this one close all the way through? Um, yeah, 101-108 for the most part, they were in it. Yeah, I mean, basically, look at the look at the minutes played. Not one guy on this team played over twenty eight minutes, and oh. and actually, Dang Dang was the one who played the most minutes at twenty eight. You got twenty seven for Wiggins, twenty four for Martin, twenty two for Rubio, twenty five for Levine. You know, I, I hate when teams do that because that affects the fantasy production of every single guy on the team. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of almost like the argument I make with the Atlanta Hawks outside of Paul Millsap. Nobody really sees heavy minutes on the Hawks. So, yeah, I really like Teague, and yeah, I really like Horford, and, you know, there's a couple other guys who I wouldn't mind having on my team, but I would rather go with, uh, you know, a guy on another team who I know is going to get 30, 35 minutes a game because those extra minutes just equal extra production. I mean, it's it's simple math, you know. The longer you're on the floor for, the more you're going to be able to rack up certain stats. So, I don't know. I'm, that's the one thing that I noticed about this Minnesota game that kind of had me – a little bit, you know, like like what the heck are they doing there? And then on the other side of the game for Phoenix, I mean, Markeith Morris at this point is, if he's on your team, you should probably wind up dropping him because he is I saw him on a milk almost carton. out of yeah yeah I, he I he he is out of the rotation basically at this point. So guys like you said, you know, Len could be losing a few minutes to Chandler, but you know he's still playing some decent minutes. Uh, John Lohr, you know, this is a guy who. He doesn't have huge upside, but again, if he's going to see the kind of minutes he's been seeing, I think he played almost 30 in this game. Yeah, 27 minutes in this game. You know, even a guy like, uh, you know, Mirza, um, you know, Teletovic, you know, again, these guys have been playing decent minutes and putting up numbers. So, you know, you may not like them more than some of the guys who we had at the beginning of the year, but if you have more Keith Morris on your team, you know, at this point to me, you 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 either drop him or you stash him with the hopes that he's getting traded sometime in the next month because if you're still playing this guy, you're definitely making a mistake. Yeah, you better not be losing games played or something like that at the expense of rostering Marquise Morris. If you don't don't get behind because you're waiting on this guy right now because we don't know he's not exactly the most tradable commodity right now. Especially when you bench a guy like this, you you do damage to his his trade value. You don't help your your own cause. The only thing it does is help help them as a team, and they got the win here today. And they're like they're a better team on the floor because of this. Uh, so you know you have that going forward. So I, I agree with you there. Lennon and 
and Lure, all guys that you can make a case for. Uh, Gorgie Jang, too. He, people need to slow the roll just a little bit on this guy. He, I know he's efficient. He scores well. Five turnovers, by the way. So sl- uh, slow your roll here on handling the ball there, buddy. Okay? Uh, why don't you pass the ball a little bit or give the ball up before you get ripped or something like that. Ricky Rubio, I'm so happy that they're fa- we're finally seeing the shift that I hope is going to continue with Zach Levine out, out playing him in terms of minutes and Free Zach Levine. How many times have I said that before? Okay, uh, mm-hmm. twenty-eight points. Uh, you know, not a ton of uh, other stats. You know, just two rebounds, two assists. Uh, you know, two turnovers. Did come up with with, with a steal. But this guy has has a good a, good of a score as anybody on this team. I think Wiggins is probably a little bit better score, and Carl Anthony Towns is more polished. But he's a legitimate threat, and this is why he led the team in scoring. Uh, you know, for the game. So you, need to, you got, people need to take take note. Of, of why he is a better option than Ricky Rubio. I can tell you now they're going to end up regretting that they gave Ricky Rubio a, a contract extension as, as terrible as he is. Nice performance by Ricky Rubio for this game too, by the way. Uh, you know, 22 minutes, 0-4. Beautiful. You know, one of two from the free throw line with seven assists, which is nice. Four turnovers, not not as nice. So uh, enjoy Ricky Rubio the rest of the way. Good luck trading him also because, uh, you know, most people aren't going to really – most people who didn't, acquire him or didn't draft him don't want him for for the exact reasons that we just mentioned he's not a great scorer not a great shooter all right um let's go ahead and move on to the next box score on tap here philadelphia oh so close within 20 uh benny (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, they lose uh 96 to 76 this team is an absolute um mess not that they weren't a mess previously but at least you knew um you know, that you could sort of uh, depend on Nerlens Noel to be fairly solid, but he gets injured in this game. Robert Covington takes 12 trays. Good gosh. Uh, and and forgot to steal the ball. I mean, this used guys used to be good for three steals a game and uh, comes up with a zero there. But uh, Jalil Okafor does Jalil Okafor things. We definitely like that, 23 and 14 there. Um, and uh, TJ McConnell, I believe, is has mentioned has, he's uh, slated to get the the start again. Although you don't like what he did in this with starters minutes here, just one of five, you know, five rebounds is pretty nice in twelve minutes, but just three assists, not enough production overall. What do you make of this box score? Yeah, I mean, when I look at Philadelphia, if you have Covington on your team, I have no problem with that. You know, he's their big producer. He's the guy who takes the most shots. He usually helps you out in the defensive categories. You know, he didn't have any steals, but he did have three blocks in this game, so that doesn't hurt you either. Um, and, and he'll rebound for you. So he's a viable option that should be on fantasy teams. Uh, Okafor, as we've been talking about all year, the guy can score. He's, he rebounded a little bit better in this game. Um, and I feel like he tends to rebound more when Nerlens Noel is not in there. So he's a viable option as well. Other than that, though, I don't think I want to touch anybody on this Philadelphia team. Maybe when Roten gets back, we've seen him be a guy who can score. And, I mean, I'm not really impressed with the Isaiah Cannon, TJ McConnell, you know, Nick Stauskas, uh, you know, trio that they've been running out at their guard spots. So I think Roten can have as many minutes as he wants when he gets back and he's healthy. But other than that, there, there's not a single guy on, on Philadelphia that I would look to or be happy about if I had on my roster. You know, Noel maybe when he comes back, but he hasn't really been producing at a consistent clip all season either. So he's probably another guy that I'd be perfectly comfortable not having any shares of. I mean, this team's just a mess. I mean, there's not much upside that you can really talk about with them. And there's not much really looking at this box score that I'm seeing. I mean, 76 points, like, you know, I mean, they got their namesake, but that's not really good. No, it's not really good uh, at all. Uh, And, you know, just... uh... 
uh, uh, to talk about the Toronto side here. Demar Carroll misses with a uh, right knee contusion. You thought you maybe could have streamed uh, Terrence Ross in DFS or as a you know uh, daily you know pickup here. Not so. 0 of six does nothing else. Three rebounds, one assist. Uh, empty box score. I mean, it doesn't matter. They had a game in hand. Biombo still doing Biombo things. Uh, nine rebounds, six points, and uh, a steal. L- Louis Scola um, still getting the majority of the power forward work and extended set of minutes up up uh, in the front court uh, with the injuries they have. He goes for twenty two and five rebounds, which is a total Louis Scola line. You know, just mm-hmm. rebound like a guard, but play power forward. So um, but that's basically all you need to know. There's not too much else that we've already talked about. Corey Joseph, who's still getting significant run, played almost 30 minutes, didn't score well, you know, two of 11, but uh, four assists. So he's still like a viable option in deeper leagues. And I think that's really all, all you need to know is Philly's still bad. There's not really much you can do. The point guard situation's still a mess. And if you are waiting for Damari Carroll, you're waiting for Damari Carroll. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's basically how we we have to look at it. All right, um, let's go ahead and take a look at the next matchup on slate. We briefly mentioned uh, Memphis and their rotation issues here. Benny, they lose uh, 97 to 100 to Miami. Your thoughts on this box score? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the the big thing for me is what we talked about with them bringing Zebo off the bench right now, starting Jeff Green. Uh, this game was a little bit different than what you normally see because Tony Allen is out as well. I don't know how long that injury is for or how serious it is, but, you know, Matt Barnes is a very viable option, you know, not just because he went for 13 and 13 in this game, but, you know, every time that he's gotten increased minutes, and even last year against, you know, when he was on the Clippers, he's still a guy who is rosterable in deep league. So if he's on your waiver wire and you're in a deep league 12 team or more, he's somebody who should probably be on the roster as long as he's still seeing these kind of minutes. Um, obviously if you have Gasol or Conley, those guys are starting. I wouldn't touch Courtney Lee at all. You know, we talked about how to handle Zebo earlier on. Jeff Green is the interesting one for me. I think that this guy is now in about 10 team leagues or more as somebody who should not be on any waiver wires anywhere and probably even should be starting at this point in time. So he is the one guy that I think, um, you know, for you guys playing out there that you might want to take a look at. If he happens to be on a waiver wire in your league or if you can get him cheap, I think we're going to see some increased production going forward out of Jeff Green. Um, as for Miami, you got Luau Dang back, but I don't really see a lot out of him. I think with Dang being back, what it really does is hurt guys like Justice Winslow and, uh, you know, and Gerald Green, who actually both had okay games here, but fantasy production wise, I don't think you're going to get as much out of these guys as long as Dang is back. Unless we see like a D-Wade injury or something. Yeah. What I really noticed about Miami though is the last couple games, they've basically been letting, <clears throat> you've been seeing big minutes out of their starting five whenever they're in a close game. So Dang, Bosch, Whiteside, Drogic, and Wade are really playing the bulk of the minutes there. So like I said, this is one of those teams where, you know, like we were talking about with teams where everybody plays 20, 25 minutes like Minnesota is right now. I do actually like some of these guys in Miami, even though they're a slow-paced team, because you know where the production's going to come from because these guys are getting such heavy minutes. So if you can get like a like a Drogic cheap, he's starting to come back around and play a little bit better. I still don't think he's a superstar, but I do think that he's going to play better than we've seen from him so far. So to me, he's kind of like a buy-low candidate if you can get him down there. Um, you know, Wade, if you have him, you're rolling him out there every day. Bosch, if you have him. The guy who I've been trying to figure out all season, because I know people wasted, well, I don't want to say wasted. That might be, well, actually, yeah, at this point, it's wasted. Um, 
how do you feel about Hassan Whiteside? Because he has just been underproducing what most people expected him to do so far to this point in the season. Um, yeah, you know, for for me with Whiteside, I've, I I think you have to stay patient with him. He sort of did this last season as well. It's not like he had a bad game, you know, 11 points, uh, 4 or 5 from the floor. It's just that, you know, you had D-Wade take 16 shots, Goran Drogic take 14 shots, which is probably 13 more shots than he should have. Uh, you know, <laughs> three of fourteen, oh five from three. How many times you got a brick before you don't you realize you don't need to take a shot right now? You know, mm-hmm. and then Brosh has only taken ten shots. That's low for him overall. The other thing too is Gerald Green has come up and started to gun a little bit off the bench, got nine shots. You know, and but did did perform well. You know, sixteen points in in thirty three minutes of action there. So, you're you if you have Hassan Whiteside, you should probably not count on him consistently for scoring. You want him for blocks, you want him for rebounds with a good uh, field goal percentage. And then, you know, sometimes he's going to triple double you. And then sometimes he's going to have quieter games like this. So, still means he's top 50 for sure. You know, I just, you know, just, you can't just count on him to be the focal point of the options, uh, offense um, outside of an injury. You need somebody to get hurt or get rested uh, for him to get an uptick of minutes. And we saw that, you know, he sort of wore down towards the end of last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of protect him uh, a little bit. So now, do you still consider him, you still consider him top fifty? Like if we did a redraft right now, yes. you would still take him in that high. Mm-hmm, sure. See, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I would at this point. The, well, you know what you think about this too is like triple double threats like this, guys like that. You know, are there aren't that many like at, at the center position. You know, you can get you can get a double double from a, a number of people. You know, at the at the center at the you know up top at the center pitch position, but like. Somebody who has that much shot blocking upside, and you know that Bosch went out for the season. Blocks. Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade got injured um, before Luol Deng has been in and out of the lineup. It only takes one or two these two of these guys to get subtracted from the lineup for him to see become like turn right back into monster mode again. You know, and you know, and by the way, though, Mar- just to, for reference, in this matchup, Marcus Cole is a very very good defender. You know, so what isn't the best, uh, you know, spot for him to go and get like 15, 20 shots? So, and he still mm-hmm. performed well, so four or five in the shots that he did take. So I think he, they used judgment. Somebody used judgment and said, we're not going to give him the ball against Marcus Soul right now. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with him overall. I still think he's top 50 and um, be surprised if he didn't get drafted that way. All right, last box score on the slate here. Utah Jazz versus Oklahoma City. Gotta love Russell Westbrook throwing it off the guy's back in the inbounds and hitting the J. Did you did you catch that highlight? I did not, to be honest, but <laughs> that, that is yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah, right off the inbounds too. Coaches love that, don't they? Like when they <laughs> I'm pretty sure you You know what? That's that yeah, that's one of those plays where You're like no no, works, no 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Like, you know, it's like when a guy pulls up from like five feet behind the three point line on a on a fast break and you're like, What the hell? all right, good shot, good shot. You know, you, you but if but if it misses, you turn around and grab the first guy you see on the bench, get him out, get him out. Right. So, you know. Stuff like that, you you better make sure that you pull it off, otherwise uh you know, it's it's definitely not going to make your coach happy. Let me just leave it that way. Right. When you decide to not pass to one of your five teammates and you pass to a defender, you better get the ball back <laughs> yeah. if you're going to do that. And Russell Westbrook can definitely pull it off. So uh, for me, not too much to, to note in this these this box score overall. Trevor Booker still getting minutes and still not doing a whole lot with it. Uh, you see just Rodney Hood and Burks are going off in terms of shots uh overall too they're like we're getting all the shots that could have potentially gone to gobert or anybody else trey lyles why don't you just go stand in the corner and try to get a rebound so um he's the ugly uh duckling in this uh rotation overall um still not really crazy about trevor booker he's probably 14 team league and uh only um 
Dion Waiters pops up five of twelve for thirteen points overall. That's probably as good as you can expect for somebody coming off the bench although he did play almost 40 minutes which was crazy so they just basically hated on andre roberson which really who it really isn't fantasy relevant anyway and then you, you sort of just got what you normally get um you know for for the most part out of the guys you know Cantor, you would like him to get more minutes but he did well in the minutes he played just 15 minutes steven adams only played uh pl- did play 32 which is cr- a little bit crazy to me because he really shouldn't be playing more minutes than Cantor in my mind um, but he does feel that sort of like glass cleaner Dennis Rodman, you know, garbage man role pretty well, which mm-hmm. Cantor does not. Yeah, I think I think he actually fits this team better because let's face it, if you have the only two guys who – well, actually three guys that are relevant on OKC are, you know, obviously Westbrook, Durant, and then Ibaka would be the, the third option for me. Um, but you know you want Westbrook and Durant taking 75% of the shots – for that team. So if that's the case, then, you know, Cantor's skill set doesn't really fit in with what they, what they need. Like for me, if you have a Durant and a Westbrook, all you really want is a guy who's going to rebound and play some really good defense, which are not really what Cantor's game is. I mean, he can rebound a little bit, but he's more of a scorer. He's somebody who needs the ball. And honestly, I mean, as much as I like Cantor and as much as I like his ability to score from the center position, I like Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant's ability to score a lot more. So to me, I don't mind that Steven Adams is in there because, like you said, what do you really need the other guy on the floor to do? You know, for me, what Oklahoma City really needs is, like, a Bruce Bowen in each corner, someone who's going to play defense and hit an open jump shot when Westbrook or Durant gets doubled. And then you need a center who can clean the glass and and stop opposing team centers. So not that I love Steven Adams, but I think that he kind of, you know, I agree with you. I think he kind of fills that role a little bit better. What I like about the Utah team right now is if you look at the minutes on these guys, the guys who are actually getting on the floor for Utah right now are playing tons of minutes. Yeah, I mean, you got 37 out of Burks, 37 out of Hood, 41 out of Favors, 41 out of Gordon Hayward. And the other thing that I've been noticing about this Utah team lately, without Gobert in there, the the totals on these games and the, the final scores on these games have been slowly creeping up, so they're playing a lot faster. And the big news to me is that they're starting Alec Burks at the point guard spot now. You know, Raul Neto is now somebody who is, you know, on the bench and only getting a couple minutes here or there. Actually, he didn't even play in this game. He was the DNP coach's decision. You know, you know they don't love Trey Burke. They're not going to put Trey Burke out there for 30 minutes anymore. So if Alec Burks is going to be a guy who is going to be running the point guard spot and playing 30 to 35 minutes for him, if you can still get this guy cheap in a trade, I don't think he's going to be on anybody's waiver wire. But, God, if he's on the waiver wire, you guys should be running there right now to add him to your team. Because if he's going to be seeing 30-plus minutes and playing the starting point guard role for them, you know, he's somebody that should be on every team from a you know 10-man league, maybe even an 8-man league on up, he should be on your team. 10-man leagues and up, he should, be, he should be one of the starters at this point, I think. I mean, you know, you're going to get... I mean, what did he gun here? 22 shots? Yeah. You know, if he's going to take 22 shots, he's going to get you, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good rebounder for a point guard. He'll get you three or four a game. You know, the assist, even for a point guard here, only three assists, that I think he's going to have to work on a little bit. But, you know, again, if he's seeing these kind of minutes, I definitely think that you want to, you know, put a guy like Burke on your radar. And even a guy like Hood, I mean, Hood's been scoring all season long. So, you know, if he's on your, if he's on your waiver wire, he's definitely a decent ad that you can put in there. 
a lot of places he's shooting guard and small forward eligible, so he can be that swing guy that covers a couple different spots for you. It gives you some flexibility. And again, you're not going to get huge numbers out of him, but you know, at least in the point scoring department, you know, 17 shots for him here too. You know, he's not going to get cheated on that end. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think we covered it overall. They, they've definitely stepped up the pace with Rudy Gobert and the lineup and sort of, sh- sort of shifted from defense to offense. So it looks like it's a concerted effort, and it's, so far it's working out. So um, I'm, I'm on board with uh, the changes so far. I mean, it obviously didn't result in a win uh, in uh, the, this game there, but, you uh, you know, they're 10 and 12, and they could be a lot worse off without their, you know, maybe the best defensive player in the Western Conference. Uh, and that's including DeAndre Jordan, by the way. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like I like the changes over at least for fancy purposes. It's useful. So, um, yeah. that's um, a pretty good overall. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the news and uh, notes and the box scores here. Now, now we're going to go and get into our uh, power forward power rankings for the early season for 2015 slash 16. Now we're going to do this the same way. Uh, we're counting current production and more than we're factoring in rest of the season um, expectation. Okay, does that make sense? So, yep. um, yeah. So if like I, I don't know who who a good example is is like, but if Brow's playing like the fifth best power forward, he's the fifth best power forward. You know, I'm not going to just give him number one because he should be number one. Just oh wait, are we we're talking about how they played so far or how they are going forward? Because I still have him number one, even though he's probably the fourth or fifth best power forward to this point in the season. On well, my rankings. I mean, you 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 can you can make a case for that. That's that, that's fine to me. Like I'm, he's going to get knocked down. Yeah, because he hasn't been healthy, and the, the Pelicans stink. And you know, the, well, I mean, I'm going to take a double, a, a double look at my list before I've, I I finals it. But let's go ahead and go with your top ten first. All right. I mean, like I said, I mean, let's talk about this right now because he is he is the guy that I have on the top of my list. I think part of the problem they had earlier in the year is that you know they were not healthy as a team, and they were just throwing pieces out there because the rules say you need five guys. But right now, they're in a much better situation with Tyreek Evans back. They're also playing at a much higher pace, which is going to help him as well. So, I mean, I still think at this point, like put it this way, if I had any other power forward on my team right now, and somebody offered me a straight-up one-for-one trade, Anthony Davis for whoever my power forward was, I just clicked, I, I, I couldn't click the button fast enough to get AD onto my team. Yeah, I mean, so to, that's basically talking about future performance though but i will say this after having a look at like who's in the power forward position and i'm excluding guys like durant lebron james who are yes me that, too. that are eligible mm-hmm. you know what i mean and paul george for example those guys all don't count to me um because we're talking about true power forwards but yeah even like the like the number two power forward in my mind is demarcus cousins and he's actually missed injury had uh, injury as many injury issues as anthony davis has uh, for the season and is ranked below him for, and for good reason. He's just underperformed as of late. He had a three or four mm-hmm. game stretch where he absolutely stunk, you know, and now he's only shooting 42%. So, you know, that's, that's an issue for, uh, for me. Yeah. Rebounding now, are actually down from Anthony Davis. So now let's, let's actually talk about this because to me, those guys are one and two. Okay. So if you had, you know, it, like again, to this point in the season, I guess you can make the argument. I mean, I'm not even really, though. I mean, they're both pretty similar at this point to the season. But let's say if you're somebody listening to this podcast right now and you have Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins on your team and the owner in your league offers you the other one in a trade, so straight-up trade, AD for, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. who do you take and 
How big of a gap do you think it is between the two of them at this point? It's a very small gap. I take Anthony Davis, and you need something probably like a third or fourth rounder to me to make it even. You know, so like you're talking okay. about like a top fifty, another top fifty option as a throw-in for me to go down from Davis to Cousins. So okay, I would I would agree completely with that. But would you would agree that they're one and two because yes. that's how I have them in one, my two, and too. the rest of the list actually is not close. Like third, Serge Ibaka, like by the numbers is, you know, one of the better uh, power forwards uh, so, so far uh, this season, along with, like, Paul Millsap. And to me, that's they're all they're both clearly second-tier guys. So, well, I, I actually don't have either one of them as number three on my list. My I, number I, my number three is, is Blake Griffin in, on this list. Okay, for me, I have Draymond Green, number three, overall. Okay, I ha- see, I have Draymond number four, and that was actually close. That was the next argument I was going to say to you. You know, Blake and Draymond, if you have a chance to take those two, mm-hmm. you know, which way do you go with it? And I think the argument you can make for Draymond is he gives you more stuff across more categories. He does. The argument you can make for Blake is he's probably going to give you more on the scoring side. Yes. And also, I mean, I don't know about the rebounding side. Like, normally last year, you know, we had this discussion at the beginning of the season how he was content to just let DeAndre Jordan grab all the rebounds and make him look good. So when his contract time came, you know, he had more of an argument to make for keeping him. But it feels like Blake's doing a lot more rebounding this year. So if I'm getting that double-double out of Blake, like he, you know, is definitely capable of, that's actually kind of why I ticked him up a little bit above Draymond, but this one would be a lot tougher for me. If I had Blake or Draymond and somebody offered me the other one in a straight-up trade, like I said, I think I have Blake a little bit ahead, but that would be a very, very tough decision for me on which one of those two I would want. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. So it's, it is, uh, it does come down to like a, a pretty tough situation on to how you, uh, let it all end up shaking out. So here's, here's, um, how I'm sort of approaching this. Um, for me, um, I, I'm going to take Draymond because I think he's um, like a better overall fantasy asset. You know, you're going to get – I hate the fact that Blake Griffin doesn't block shots for as black as he is. He can jump out of the gym but average mm-hmm. .6 blocks per game. That irks me, you know, mm-hmm. personally. He is actually a pretty good passer. He's an underrated passer, but so is Draymond yes. Green. Draymond, Draymond Green is a better passer. He's averaging 2.4 assists uh, to, uh, to turnover. So, and believe it or not, seven assists a game is crazy. From a power forward, I didn't even know it was that high. I don't even know why it's that high, but you, you, it does make sense because he had that streak of triple doubles. So there isn't yep. any. There's no. The only hole in my mind in Draymond Green's game is his free throw shooting. All right, you got to shoot better than seventy one percent if you're going to be a guy who's going to be like a semi consistent volume three point shooter. You can't like Blake Griffin and his ugly three throws three <laughs> free throw shooting you know form beat you at seventy three percent. Uh, aside yes. from that, I think I'm just going to give it to Green, but you can you can give me Blake Griffin four. I, I would probably be happy with that, and then Paul Millsap would be five for me. Uh, once yeah, you're... definitely. Okay, so let's since we agree for the most part on the top five, who do you got six through ten? Okay, um, here's the way I have my list, and I actually have six through nine, and then I have three guys written down here at the bottom who are, you know, number number ten for me. Um, number six, I actually have Kevin Love, slightly ahead of Pau Gasol. Uh, number seven, I have, oh wait, so that would be six was love, seven Gasol, eight is favors. Um, for number nine right now, I have Bosch in here, but I might even put him with the other three guys between nine and nine, 10, 11, and 12. Um, and those guys would be Dirk Nowitzki, Thad Young, and it kills me to say this because I think he's so much more talented than where I have him ranked. But we're talking about production for fantasy. So number 12, you know, the other guy that I have in there is LaMarcus Aldridge, who 
you know, I, I feel like the, the Spurs, you know, I know it's the Spurs, I know it's the system, and I know it's, you know, all that stuff, but I, I just feel like he is way underperforming the talent level that he actually has right now. So the fact that I have him mixed in there with Bosch, Dirk, and Thad almost kind of hurts me to say that, and the fact that I have him below guys like Love and Powell and Favors, but when we're talking about fantasy production, you know, to this point and for the rest of the season, you know, talent-wise, he's probably a top five or six guy, but I can't move him up ahead of any of these guys because of, you know, the role that he has right now. Yeah, um, I, I sort of agree with you there as well. It's tough to, to shake out 6 because there's a lot of moving pieces uh, from the group, but, like, uh, Ibaka is in there for me. Porzingis would be if he if, if he can get off the mat here because I think he's performed to that level, you know. And then Gasol, Greg Monroe, Horford are all guys that you know. Should... Oh, Mon- yeah. I mean, I didn't. I considered Monroe a center, Actually, so I didn't put should... him down. But if we're if we're considering him a power forward, he would... he's probably up there with Love and Powell in that six, seven, eight range for me. Yeah. I, to me, I just I don't know. I we, I you, we probably should consider him a center, so we'll save him for next week. But mm-hmm. we all know he's a four. <laughs> so it was like it just uh, Milwaukee's just cheating is what it is. So if they yeah. want to they want to play a six nine guy or whatever at the five, then so be it. We'll we'll consider him a five. So I think we're we're on board for the most part. Yeah, you know, uh, Love, um, Pagasol, um, you know Ibaka, Porzingis can can make himself interesting if he can get back in there. You know Bosch and Favors, all guys that they're that's a it's a fluid six to ten. I don't I don't really like, feel like we have to joust you know between who's. Uh, one or the other. They're just not top five as of yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the top five are clearly head and shoulders above the rest. Maybe you could even include Love in there if you want to say top six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my only problem with Love is, like, a lot of these other guys are a bigger piece of their team. Like, if we're talking about going forward right now, like, Love has been really, really good to this point. But now you're also adding Kyrie back into the mix from this point going forward. So I have to think that at the very least that's going to affect Love a little bit, the number of shots that he gets and, you know, (coughs) excuse me, things along those lines. Not so much the minutes, but more like, you know, the number of like, because right now for certain points in the game, it almost feels like they're showcasing Love, like kind of just saying, let's just give this guy the ball. And, you know, whether it's on the outside and him in the corner shooting threes or even with him posting up and dumping it inside to him. Like, I feel like they're making a concerted effort to get the ball to love right now, which is why I have him at six and, you know, think that he's had a great start to the season. But I don't know how that dynamic is going to work out. Because if you remember last year, what was the thing that everybody kind of hated about love is that, you know, he kind of took a back seat to all these other guys. So now that Kyrie is back in the mix and you got, you know, J.R. Smith, who always gets his shots up and you got LeBron and, you know, I mean, is Love going to get lost in the shuffle again for the second half of the season? Or, you know, if we're going on, you know, all we can really do is go on what we know from the past and what we've seen. And what we've seen in the past is that he's a guy who, you know, has kind of suffered once everybody was healthy. So with Kyrie coming back, you know, I, I think that it's it's at least a little bit concerning to me that he might have less production going forward than he's had up to this point. Yeah, I agree with you for the most part as well. That's sort of a, a, an issue that we're um, sort going to sort of have to see how it ends up playing out once those minutes get thrown into the mix and uh, see how um, it affects everybody else in the rotation. So, all right, um, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Um, you know, oh, really quickly there, I uh, wanted to ask you, uh, 
uh, right now. If you, if we are talking about um, like DFS or, or or season long, by the way, do you do you prefer Cousins or Anthony Davis in a lot of your lineups? Similar right, priced. Um, you know. Right, right now for DFS. Um, well, I mean, for season long, like I said, I have Davis ahead of the Marcus Cousins. Um, for DFS, let's say they both had you know, neutral matchups, mm-hmm. I would probably prefer Anthony Davis. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like Davis gives me more on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything else is kind of equal. You know, Cousins might be a little bit of a better scorer, um, maybe even a little bit of a better rebounder. But I feel like Anthony Davis gets a little bit of a higher usage rate. I feel like, you know, now that Tyreek Evans is back, both teams are playing paced up. Right. So that used to be the big difference to me is that Sacramento is like one of the highest paced teams in the league, whereas New Orleans, when they were all banged up, was, you know, way down in pace from where that people expected them to be. Mm-hmm. But Tyreek Evans just, you know, and, and, it, and it makes a lot of sense. Like if you just watch Tyreek Evans play, he's like a whirlwind. So you would expect them to be playing faster. It's like when Russell Westbrook is, you know, the only guy in OKC. You know, he is up the floor so fast that you're just expecting them to get more possessions and more shots and all that which helps everybody else on the team too. So right now I think I like Anthony Davis a little bit better, but I'm going to say it this way is, you know, there's very few times when the matchup is exactly the same for both guys. So to me, which guy I roll out there is is purely going to be dependent on who the matchup is for them on that night. If one of them's going up where they have a great, you know, DVP matchup and a, you know, a really good situation where I think the guy who's supposed to be checking them can't guard them. That's the guy that I would roll out there. If they're both in that same situation, you know, like I said, if it was a, you know, alternate universe where they had the exact same matchup against, you know, the exact same guy, I still think I give AD a little bit of an edge over, uh, over Cousins, but it's so close. I mean, you know, it's like asking me to pick which one of my kids I like more. You know, I, I can't, you know, it's whichever one didn't, do something that annoyed me today would be the one that I choose. And it's kind of the same thing with these two. So, Alright, um, I'm, I'm with you uh, on pretty much the majority of everything that you that, that you said there. The reason why I ask is because we um, have some interesting stuff going on here at uh, DraftKings.com. Along with the NBA here, um, fancy football contests, the final four weeks of the football season is r- r- uh, running along. So um, I just wanted to briefly let you know if you guys are playing DeMarcus Cousins or if you're doing like we're doing, we're playing NBA and uh, NFL at the same time and we're doing a Saturday ownership percentage show. Uh, every Saturday on rotowire.com. You can take advantage. You can use the promo code rotohoops at draftkings.com for a free entry in your next, uh, contest once you sign up. And if you want to get involved in the rotowire fantasy football championship, which plays the final four weeks of the season, podcast listeners can participate against each other by, uh, earning their seat at the, uh, in the fantasy football championship in week 17. So all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash draftkings. That's rotowire.com slash draftkings. Five dollars just to enter. Winner takes home a hundred dollars and a seat in the Week 17 Fantasy Football Rotowire Championships. So if you want to play against the some some Rotowire experts, some fans of Rotowire themselves, uh, get yourself into a little championship playoff run here. Your uh, season long season is over, and you got some time for DFS. It's now time to get into the championship for Rotowire at rotowire.com/draftkings. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire DFS podcast. We're available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. Don't forget you can send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me at Twitter. Uh, on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS and check out Benny on Twitter at Benny R11. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.